0: After all, sweetie, Yeah. welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 582. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And I always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. The reason I played that intro song is because I wanted to focus on a Zen Parenting moment. Yes. On laughter. Yes. Because it was yours. But first you have a correction. Of a previous Zen parenting yeah,
1: moment. Yeah, well, I th- I'm not sure which one I did first, if it was laughter or this one. But I did a, for those of you who get Zen parenting moment, you um, you know that you get an email every Tuesday and Friday now. Those are the days we've decided on that tend to work best for people. Um, so Tuesday and Friday. And I sent out one last week um, called Wise Mind. And I referenced something called um, DBT. Mm. And when I wrote out DBT, I wrote diagnostic instead of dialectical. And I had like four therapists email me and say, do you mean dialectical? Because you wrote diagnostic. So I apologize because as a clinician, I want to make sure my words are correct. And um, I know people listening who don't care don't care but you care i do care and and i and it's funny because i obviously don't remember typing it but i can totally just see my you know see myself writing diagnostic but yeah. i do know it's dialectical um and i apologize for that oversight but other than that move I on kind of
0: think of it as like you know in the newspaper they'll like go back and correct an old story yeah it's
1: totally thing. a correction and it won't be the last time i mean my goodness no
0: sweetie that's your last mistake no ever. um so your Zen parenting moment i want to focus on was called laughter mm-hmm. and i'm going to read it comedian steve martin reportedly reportedly laughs for five minutes in front of his mirror every morning Explaining that his goal is to jumpstart his creativity and begin the day on a high note. So can't you can't you just picture that? I can, but you. <laughs> but I just wonder how often. What is that urban legend, and if that's really. It was
1: true. from his memoir
0: that I believe were- it, but there's got to be. It's that's a lot to ask. Five minutes of, well, do you think he does? He he could do it. I mean, people meditate for ten minutes a day. I'm sure he could laugh for five minutes.
1: And I think it's all relative, right? Like even people who say they meditate every day miss days. I but I think his point is sometimes is you've got to get yourself worked up to the place where you like. I've been write, you know, you know, I write every morning, and lately I've just been saying um, good morning. Mm -hmm. How are you? Like talking to myself. Will I keep doing that? I don't know. But what I'm trying to do is engage myself. Do you know what I mean? Like totally engage my thinking. So he may do something else to make himself laugh.
0: So you go on to say as children, we laughed hundreds of times a day, but as adults, we take life so seriously that laughter becomes infrequent. It is in our best interest to seek out opportunities for good humor, making us better inside and out. Laughter is one of the best things we can do to strengthen our immune system, decrease pain, and keep our mind out of worry mode. Nothing works faster or more dependable to bring us back into balance than laughing. In closing, it's more than just a break from sadness and pain. It's actually a path back to hope. A humorous perspective creates a psychological distance that can make situations feel less threatening and more manageable. Laughter is medicine offsetting the physical and psychological impacts of stress and increasing our ability to feel joy. Yes. There's the moment.
1: Yeah. So I think the reason you played the um, Indigo Girls was because I used that quote from that song. That's
0: exactly right. Yeah. Well done.
1: It's only life after all.
0: And just because I've played this clip a million times, I'm going to play it a million and one. This This is audio of the... Infant baby laughing at his dog (laughs) or her dog eating popcorn. I think that would be more productive than laughing in the mirror. Like, if I, I feel like that should be in my to do list every morning is look at this baby laughing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a way to start the day right there. Well, Not CNN or Fox or MSNBC. That's the way to start the day. Yes. Yeah, um, I agree.
1: I mean, and I think that it, um, it comes from... That baby, that comes from the gut. That's it's like... It's a
0: gut laugh. It's
1: very, like, solely focused on what's funny. <laughs> and for, you know how, like, as adults, we start to, like, lose our good laugh? Yes. Like, our laugh becomes more like, huh, yeah, but I got to focus here. Like, we... Are, we don't really, like, focus in on the thing that's funny. And I think memories are often created around really deep, hard laughs. Yes. Like, we have stories where we were laughing so hard mm-hmm. that we, like either felt sick or like we're doubled over and that creates a memory. Yeah, You know what I mean?
0: I do. Um, two quick, quick takes. Okay. And then we're going to talk about spiral dynamics.
1: Well, we're going to talk about our colors.
0: People don't know what either one of those things. That's means, my point is that
1: let's call it like my thought is because you're right. We're talking about spiral dynamics. So I'm, I didn't mean to uh, say that that's not what we're doing, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk about how all of us have colors yeah. inside of us.
0: Um, First, quick take. Yes. Do you know who Mackenzie Scott is, my darling? Uh,
1: I know. I don't think I do. It's
0: Jeff Bezos' former. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She has announced that she donated over four billion to charitable organizations. Yes. Um. So I just want to say kudos to Mackenzie Scott, and this is
1: that was from a few weeks ago. Yes,
0: this is a little old. And then this is from my judgmental hat here for a second. Jeff Bezos her former husband, Uh is the only American amongst the world's five richest people to not sign the Giving Pledge, a pledge where the wealthy Uh have agreed to donate a majority of their wealth to charity during their lifetime or in their will. So, Jeff, if you're listening...
1: (laughs) I'm sure he
0: is. uh, Step up, you know.
1: Well, there's got to be a story there.
0: There probably is. He's probably like, I'm not going to sign anything, but I'm going to... I'm going to give all my money away minus $10 billion. You know, I don't know. He's probably worth $500 billion,
1: Well, and, and I don't mean to be sticking up for him because I really don't know. But I just think sometimes when we assume that we know the whole story. Yeah. You know I, what assuming does. Yes, time. I do.
0: And then the other quick take before we get into the colors, the Boston Red Sox yes. just made history by hiring Bianca Smith the first black woman to coach in the history of professional baseball. Wow. Smith will serve as the minor minor league coach within the organization based at the club's player development facility in Fort Myers. Smith joins a small group of women trailblazing in the sport. Last season, for the first time in professional baseball history, Alyssa Nacken became the first woman to coach on the field during a major league game. And then in November, Miami Marlins hired Kim and her last name is spelled N-G, to be the team's new GM. I didn't know that. The Marlins have a female GM.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So just delighted.
1: Well, don't you feel like it's dominoes? Like one person makes the decision. I do. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, now I feel empowered to make the decision. And so that's why being a pioneer or a trailblazer is really cool because you change the culture just by making that choice. Yep.
0: So, where do we want to start regarding this? Very so let me start.
1: Well, but no, you, start. but I was gonna say, let, yeah. let me start for yeah. a second. So, the um, last week, two weeks ago, I guess it's funny to be here sitting across from you because I feel like we haven't podcasted for a while.
0: It's been about two or three weeks because
1: we did the Rudolph thing mm-hmm. and then we talked about me, we, and everybody, or we called it Why We Grow, yep. and then we did a repeat show, um, and then. This week we're going to kind of go back to the me, we, and everybody, and talk a little more in depth about ourselves. Um, so this process that we're going to discuss that Todd did call spiral dynamics, which is true, um, is really a breakdown of how we grow and the the layers that live inside of us. So this is twofold. This is self awareness, so you can understand yourself. Better, obviously, that's what self-awareness means. But it's also so you understand other people better and you understand why people do what they do, say what they say. And while we may think that they are wrong or we decide that our way of thinking is the best way there are reasons why people are at a certain level which we are going to use colors and, and we're not coming up with this again we're using something that's been uh, researched and talked about since the 70s like you said called spiral dynamics um that is based in this color scheme yeah so- and
0: for me what it's been for me is it 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 it's a vehicle towards maybe a little bit less judgment of others and myself for that matter. Uh-huh. And really what I think this is, this is one big long commercial that if this is interesting to you to go to Rob Bell's podcast, he did a four-part series on this exact topic.
1: Yeah, so definitely there are there are books that you can I agree with Todd. Like if you and it's funny cuz I re-listen to um the second Rob's second Podcast he he has a whole series called Me, We and Everybody, part one, two, three, and four. And I re-listened to part two this morning just in preparation for this. And he and Trace, his son, um actually say we are the warm-up act for the band. Yeah. So we are like the warm up the to sound, the warm
0: the sound, check the sound check. To the warm up. To
1: the warm-up band. And we actually we I emailed with Rob and Trace about this podcast and told them how much it um
0: affected. It.
1: impacted us and you know gave us new language and gave us new understanding of how we relate to things. You know, it's funny because sometimes you feel like you're kind of talking around something, but you can't get to the center of it. You're like, you're you're talking around um, issues and trying to balance both sides and understand all these perspectives. And then all of a sudden somebody gives you either a word or a new language or a new perspective that helps you put it in order. And that's what I felt like these colors did.
0: So I have a question. Yeah. If somebody's like, whoa, oh, this seems interesting to me, should we direct them to go back to the podcast we did a few weeks ago to kind of warm them up to it? Or will somebody be able to jump in without having heard that?
1: I think you can do either way okay. um, because I'm going to relate to that one. So it's a little like watching a sequel like The Godfather 2, where you don't really need to see The Godfather.
0: To, to appreciate To
1: appreciate <laughs> the Godfather okay. 2. All right. Whereas... If you're watching Star Wars, you probably should watch A New Hope before you watch The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. But if you're watching a, like Parks and Rec, you don't need to watch <laughs> season one to understand
0: season Because season three. one's not that good anyways. Correct. Okay.
1: So does, so does that make sense?
0: Crystal.
1: Crystal. What boy is that from?
0: Breakfast Club. Good job.
1: Okay. So let me start by saying this. Our, the colors that we're going to be talking about are, they define our history And they also define define our levels of development. And you'll know what that means as we go through. And I know you already know, Todd, because, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. But we're going to start with the most, we're going to talk about it in terms of us historically, and then that's how we processed and progressed through being human. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first stage, which is in history, like our most primitive stage, um, is... The color beige. Okay. Okay. And this is basically our, just our need to survive based in food, shelter, water, sleep, and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like our most primitive way of being.
0: Beige represents in our history and individually our primary... Um, survival, survival mechanisms. Needs. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. So needs mechanisms. It's just like all of a sudden, like let's you know, humans. All of a sudden, we're humans, mm-hmm. and it's like, what do we need to continue to survive as humans in this really primitive way? Yeah. And that beige color is indicative of these needs. Now, what's interesting is we, it may sound like, well, we're way past that, but we still have that primitive sense of self. Like if you are running across the street and there's a bus coming, you instinctively will run the other way.
0: you go back to your beige roots and say, I need to not get hit by the bus so I can keep surviving.
1: Exactly. Or if you turn around and there's a lion, you run. Yeah and that's because i you almost don't feel get like eaten. it's
0: reptilian brain stuff.
1: very much so. Okay. like we could what i would love to do and again it would take us forever to figure this out but is try to incorporate all the things we talk about on the show as far as you know interpersonal neurobiology and self awareness and Um, you know, behavior and developmental levels and like combine it into this color scheme because it would, we could like cover so many bases.
0: So it'd be an interesting lens to present it through.
1: Exactly. And we're going to kind of try and do that today, but I know we'll probably miss a few things, but anyway, so this beige color is survival. So does that feel you got that? And again, if you did listen to us a few weeks ago, we talked about me, we, and everybody, yeah. which are these three levels of growth. And obviously, survival and beige is me. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep my body alive. Yeah. Okay. The next stage is purple. Okay. Purple is about survival based on outside forces. So you think about if you really figure out how to grow food from the ground, okay, okay? and you're like, this food will help me survive, which is beige. And then you realize it's not raining, which means my food isn't growing, Mm -hmm. which means I may not survive, Mm -hmm. and I don't have water from the rain. So you start to realize that your survival is dependent on outside forces. Got it. Okay? So what that means is you start to... And then you start to realize, wait, even if it rains, if there's no sun, that my plants don't get sun and they don't thrive, and then I can't eat. So again, so you can understand why... The next stage, this purple stage, Beyond Beige, was we need to make good with the sun. Mm -hmm. We need to make good with the rain gods. We need to connect to the mystery, the forces that we're not in control of, to make sure that the rain comes, so we'll sacrifice an animal, mm-hmm. or we will do a rain dance. Which or... is
0: what we did historically.
1: Correct, and people still do these yeah, things. Right. True. This is the thing is like, it, Todd and I will re- reiterate this all the way through, but all of these things still live in us. Mm-hmm. It's just as you evolve, if you guys listened to a few weeks ago, you heard us say, you transcend and include, yeah. you, you move through. <laughs> I gotta...
0: Transcend and include the previous color Correct. stage to this next stage.
1: Correct, I got a few emails saying that people appreciated your karate example. I
0: don't even remember what I said.
1: You talked about how you started karate as a white belt. And I
0: finished as a white belt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Todd's point was, Typically in karate, you start out with a certain color belt and mm. then you transcend that belt, and but you include what you learned yeah. into the next belt. And so as you evolve, all of a sudden you have a black belt, but it's not like you're not taking into account what you learned as a white and belt. And you'd
0: never even get to the black belt had you not brought all these other things with you.
1: A hundred percent. So that kind of analogy is what we're going through here is your beige is still intact, but now you're adding on this purple layer. And this is where it gets into, you know, we survive... You know, we we need to make the spirits happy. Um, we look to gods and demons and angels, and we there's a lot of superstition involved. Yeah. Like I need to leave out this many, you know, plants so the gods will be pleased with what I do. Yeah. You know, and, and this this is in the Bible. Yeah. You know, this is sure. there are people who still do this. There are people You know what? I'm not going to talk about people. I am still still superstitious about certain things. And I still see things as signs and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make sure I – you know, like one of the things I always do um, is if I pass money, like a penny – I always pick it up mm-hmm. because I learned. Who did we learn that from? Somebody? Wayne Dyer? Wait, I think it was probably Wayne Dyer. We heard it a long time ago. He's like, you're basically walking past abundance. Yes. So instead of being like, well, that penny can't get me anything, look at it as abundance because then you're welcoming it. Yep. Um, and so, like, I never pass up money. And, yep. and I mean that from a good place. Sure. Like, I just stick it in my pocket and that's it's a gift from the universe. Yeah. So that in itself is a little purpley, yeah. you know, in thinking. Now, the problem is, the healthy aspect of purple is that you're respecting the mystery of life, mm-hmm. right? You're saying this is not all about me. There is something above me and below me that makes things happen. You're respecting the mystery. But the unhealthy version of purple is that you're super disempowered. Mm-hmm. So you have no power. Yeah. You're basically at the mercy of the mystery and you know that's not a good place to be because then you think everything that happens had nothing to do with
0: you so this might be a premature question but you just said healthy and unhealthy version of a certain color so just so we know how many colors are we going to go through today
1: we are going to go through one two three four five six seven
0: we're going to go through seven colors and there's an unhealthy and a healthy version of each and tell me if this statement is true or not one color is not better than the other no see that's confusing to me a little bit
1: think about it this way transcend and include so yeah. if you're just living at the most archaic level obviously you know we don't want to live the more as involved you
0: are right. you know
1: you want to continue to evolve but there's nothing wrong with being smart enough to run from a tiger yeah like okay. there's we have to look at this through kind of like a interesting lens of like this is not about somebody who is at the highest level is tends to be there someone might be really evolved, but you can have somebody at this the highest level who is using it in an unhealthy way, sure. and then I'd much rather be with somebody who is more evolved in a, a healthy at a, way at a different level. Yes. So right. you yeah. see how this yes, can... Yes, that helps. Thank you. Okay. So again, any questions about that?
0: Um, uh, no, I just like, just to reinforce, like it's the mystery, it's the putting faith in something outside of yourself, which could be a beautiful thing. Um, and, but there could also be, you put so much faith outside of yourself, you become disempowered. Correct. Um, I like, and it's like, there's so many wrinkles to it. It's not like there's one specific view, like silly superstitions is in purple as well as the belief in a sun God or Correct. something like that. So like, it's, it's a very kind of like fluid understanding of what each of these colors represent.
1: Exactly. Like there isn't anything to me, wrong was saying the sun controls mm-hmm. a lot of what goes on, yeah. correct but also believing that we then have no control over anything is not true either and right. we'll get to that later. but you know one thing that Rob and Trace really talk about in their podcast is how you know, even you just kind of go through the mm-hmm. hymns. Um, from early days and the hymns were all about go to the mountaintop and sing to the heavens we really thought that everything was coming from up there yeah. you know like we went to the mountaintop to get closer to the gods that helped rain on our food yeah, right. like we were going high mm-hmm. to you know to to praise whatever was controlling yeah. um yeah so you get it okay so the next one is red okay so we've gone through beige purple and red red is where the, the shift that comes in, in the, in the growth is that someone rises up as a leader. Okay. Someone rises through that beige and pur- purple and rises up as a leader. And oftentimes it's a person who, you know, like the person who is tallest, biggest, smartest, biggest gun, biggest army, strongest,
0: strongest alpha strongest, male stuff. You got stuff. it. Yeah.
1: Alpha, you know, the somebody rises up and then the the culture like they, everything is around that leader. All of a sudden, everybody kind of is like, we look to the leader for all of the answers. Um, So a lot of purple cultures, like purple, I, I can't say purple. 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 Yep. Why can't I say that? Purple cultures are arranged around Red leaders and purple cultures are those are cultures that do feel disempowered, Mm -hmm. like they do, they maybe don't have the education or the, um, you know, the support or the, you know, I guess this goes in education, but the worldview to understand that they do have power. Okay. And so they look to one person. So a lot of countries who have dictators, you know, the dictator is the red leader.
0: Yeah. And and, and the, the people that the dictator is dictating to are living in the purple.
1: Correct. Well, originally. Yes. Like, obviously, within that community, there are people of sure. all colors. But
0: like the collective.
1: The collective. Yeah. The energy of the, you know, something that to, to be said about all of these things, because remember, all of us, just like the chakras, you, you know, I'm relating this to the chakras in that every chakra represents us, every color represents us. What... The way that we find ourselves, though, is there is maybe one of these colors that represents our center of gravity. Yeah. So like when I say there's a dictator and it's a purple community, there will be people of all different levels. Sure. But the energy, the center of gravity is mm. more purple, the sure. disempowerment. Yeah. So um, again, you know what I thought about in red and I wrote this, um, and I had to do a little history. You, you may be able to help me because you, you know more about this than I, but I kept thinking about Commodus from Gladiator.
0: Okay, you watched that mil- that movie a million times, and I watched it like twice. So Do you know
1: I- who Commodus is? No. Okay, so Commodus was Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, yeah, okay? yeah. the and creepy so, guy. Right, he was Marcus Aurelius' son. Okay. Okay, so what happened, just to kind of give you an example of healthy and unhealthy, is Marcus Aurelius was a good leader. Yeah. Like, he, he was a red leader In that everybody kind of came around him. He was a healthy red. He was. He was a healthy red. And I was trying to, what I was trying to differentiate between, because later as we go through the colors, we're going to get into democracy, is the difference between a a Roman empire and a Roman, what was the, um, there was another one. Roman empire. What came before the. City states? Rome used to have somewhat of a democracy and then it became an empire. Isn't Mm, that correct? I don't know. Okay, so my point is, is that when Marcus, because the thing is, is this can get a little mixed up with blue, which Mm -hmm. is the next one, which is about having like a set of values, because there was a sense when Marcus Aurelius was in charge that there was some common values. So this may get a little blue, which I know doesn't mean anything to anyone yet, but it will. But bottom line is when Marcus Aurelius died and his son Commodus took over, he took over as a red leader.
0: Yeah, and I, I I'm I don't know this to be true, but I see like you know Marcus Aurelius is is managing the people of Rome, whatever that right. means, and then it gets and he's a healthy red leader, and then it gets in the hands of Joaquin Phoenix's character, Commodus. and he's probably more about like taking over sprouting as much influence as possible to other people that may or may not want to hear your message.
1: Well, I would think about it this way. Yes. But I would think about it as Marcus Aurelius thought about the people and Commodus thought about himself. Yeah. So the difference is Marcus Aurelius, not a perfect man by any means. I'm sure there was some pretty archaic yeah, things, things that were going on. But what Commodus did is he worried about his own power. Yeah. Whereas Marcus Aurelius was respected as a leader, Commodus came in and the, and everyone around him was forced to respect him sure. because he was the son of a leader. But he actually was more of a dictator. Okay. And again, the reason why I'm I'm like... I feel like someone who's a history buff will be like, Kathy, those words are not right for that time period. And, you know, there was like a period of peace before the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And I just know that I'm not quite sure what they called it. I I don't think it was a democracy because that came later. But there was something about cohesiveness. like People were getting along. But I just think about Commodus as being a red leader. So, again, um, anything else? So red is impulsive. Red is about me. Red still falls under the me. So beige, purple, and red are still me.
0: So when we did the podcast a few weeks ago, it was me, we, and everybody. These first three colors, beige, purple, and red is in the me territory.
1: Correct. So in red, there is a healthy version. Mm -hmm. So the healthy version of red is strength and standing up. Mm -hmm. So we all have red in us and sometimes we need it. Sometimes we need to stand up in a business meeting and say no. Sometimes we need to be the leaders without knowing for sure what's going to happen. Sometimes we need to have like that sense of impulsivity and like this is about me and I need my needs met. So there is like sometimes, you know, like what you would call your warrior. Yeah. That's red.
0: Yeah. Warrior energy, persevere, brute strength, never quit, never say die. Right.
1: So we all have this. But the unhealthy version is ego, power, only about self. Yes. Okay. So that's how it can get ugly. So then we make this huge shift from this red into blue. And what's so huge about this is this is the crossover from me to To we. we. Okay. So blue is about shared values and order, code, text, ethos, values, tradition. This is where we get into. Our story. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I.
0: Instead of my story.
1: Instead of my story, this is the story of us. (laughs) Or I shouldn't say us because that's going to come later. It's the story of we. It's the tribe. My country, my tribe, my my religion, my sports team. um, My fraternity. My fraternity. Exactly. So I like that I took this language from Trace and Rob Bell's podcast. I talked about that we and blue. So we're in the color blue, always has an animating myth. We are this, we are the best, We are the strongest. And in religion, we are the most loved by God. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the ones who are loved. Right. And so there's kind of a um, a sense of us or we collectively are superior. Yeah, We have what we need. So there is,, um, in this blue, and there are many, many people who live in the blue. Blue is very common. Sure. The healthy parts of blue are the values, the discipline, the community, the selflessness, um, healthy patriotism. We haven't even talked about what happened last week At in regards Capitol. to the Capitol, but yeah. we're going to build it in here. Real patriotism. Yeah. Not, not Red patriotism.
0: Capital T, Truth Patriotism. Exactly.
1: And that kind of thing is healthy. Unhealthy is where you think your animating story is the only story, which can lead to racism, sexism, you know, um, any any kind of ism out there. Exactly. Where your story is the only story. So what I want to say about this, this blue... Is that you guys probably all know? Blue is a big part of our country because a lot of people in the United States only think about the United States, right? Us. Um, a lot of people who are very religious think only about their religion. God loves them. They, you know, evangelicals. The whole goal of that is to go tell other people to bring them into their religion. Yeah. Right. Um, military. You know, we, these are our ethos. This is what we do. This is what we stand up for. And again, that can be healthy, that there's a healthiness in there, but it can also-
0: There's a balance.
1: There's, if it's too ego-y, it can go the wrong way.
0: Can I play a pop-culturing version of isms? Please. It's not that I can build fascism, or any ism for that matter. Isms, in my opinion, are not good. A person should not believe in an ism. He should believe in himself. I quote John Lennon. I don't believe in Beatles. I just believe in me good point there after all he was the walrus i could be the walrus i'd still have to bum rides up with of people there's ferris that's actually interesting
1: i am the walrus i lo- It's so
0: he doesn't believe you know john lennon i don't believe so john lennon i don't believe in ble- beetles i just believe in me like that's interesting like that's almost a regression back to the me at the expense of the we
1: or it's a green which is we're coming we'll into. Get to that. Right? Yeah. So it depends on what yeah, he meant right. by that. Like I look at that through the green lens, mm-hmm. which we're getting into. But again, so one thing to point out in terms of what happened at the Capitol last week is that what happened, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit on a podcast two weeks ago, is that the blue values that people talk about, like patriotism and, you know, and our country and loyalty and, you know, all those kind of things. Those values were being spoken by someone who wasn't blue, but red. Mm -hmm. So what we did four years ago is we elected a red leader who talked about blue things and made people who were blue think he was in it with them. So, But the truth is, is he was in it for himself.
0: So let's go back a little quick. I know we just talked about it, but you just talked about we elected a red leader. Can you Correct. remind us again what an unhealthy red leader is like? A
1: red leader is somebody who with strength and power and a willingness to speak up just like emerges from the pack. Mm-hmm. So think about it in terms of the you know, think about how many people were running for president for the Republican ticket. Sure. His his desire to not adhere to social norms, his trying to get people to laugh, his Twitter thing, his being different, his strength and his and his and when I say strength I don't mean real strength. Yeah. His uh supposed strength and him saying that he would uphold all these blue things, like law and order, again, these are blue ideas, right? Law and order, um, values, patriotism, he used blue language to convince people who held those views that he was in it with them. But he was actually a red leader because he was only in it for himself.
0: So in other words, what that tells me is that that our president was over his skis. And what I mean by that is he was not, he was talking from a place that he had not yet occupied. Correct. He didn't own true patriotism. Instead, he owned his redness and just talked about patriotism as if he knew what that meant. He
1: talked about sacrifice and has never sacrificed anything. Yeah. He talked about coming together and he had never brought people together. He talked about success, and he had had more failure than success. And he
0: talked about uniting when he, his behavior was about dividing. It,
1: it, exactly. Yeah. So he, but he used the language
0: which was seductive to the other blues Correct. out there.
1: Yeah, the people who, and and maybe some blues, oranges, and greens. Like it's, yeah. but blue was the contingency that were like, this is our guy. Yeah. And he was. Um. Flying. Yeah. And so this is can help people understand, you know, when people are like, or I'm not gonna even talk about people. I'm just gonna talk about me. This language helped me see something that gave it just it wasn't necessarily new information, but a new perspective. Okay, because he shared the texts and the ethos and the animating story and the flag and all the things that blue people were like, yes. And all of us have the blue in us. Mm -hmm. Remember, I have a big love of my country and a big love for discipline and a big, none of us are, all of us have the blue. And when someone is saying that, and they're saying, not only do I have that blue, but I'm gonna make everything better and I'm gonna make your life better. And I'm gonna make things go back to the way they were before things got messed up and only I can do it. Now, all that language is very red, Yeah. but it was enticing to people seductive. who seductive, Yeah. you know, and we have talked about before that a lot of people who really love our the, this president, they were often, generally speaking, raised in authoritarian households where they believed there was really only one leader.
0: And they are attracted to what's comfortable Correct. and familiar.
1: Correct. There is one leader, there is one way, fear is the way, strength, and so... Anyway, that is blue. Um, So
0: we got beige, purple, red, blue, and we got three to go. I'm just trying to...
1: More like two to go with a little bit of three.
0: Okay. So I want (laughs) to press pause really quick. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, but before I do that, I just want to mention that we have something called Team Zen. So if anybody out there is looking for more support or want some exclusive content that Kathy and I provide in an awesome community of parents, join Team Zen. Go to zenparentingradio.com to learn more. We've done 109 of these suckers. Zen Talk 109, we talked about teenage cutting and a little bit of spiral dynamics. Did we? Yep. And then uh, Zen Talk 110 will be tomorrow, Wednesday, January 13th. And then... uh, the one after that is on Friday, January 29th. So. And
1: by the way, right now, you know, now that we're in 2021, we're we're j- we're getting new um, thought leaders, best uh, bestselling uh, authors to come on Team Zen, not on the podcast, but on Team Zen yeah. to do Q&As. And so you can ask them questions and they can share some of their expertise. So Team Zen is a lot of really wonderful content.
0: 25 bucks a month, first month's free. So check us out. So here's my question as we, you know, call Moving. time out in okay. this. I could see somebody listening to this being like, this is kind of interesting. I kind of understand what's happening, but why is this important? Like you and I have been talking about this stuff since we heard Rob's podcast. Mm-hmm why is this so much fun for you to know? Or why is it so helpful or interesting?
1: Well, there's many different reasons. Number one, because I think it brings a lot of ideas together. So something feels a little more cohesive. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of visualize myself when I'm talking about things like self-awareness, I visualize like all these things like a snow globe floating around and I'm trying to pull all these pieces together to explain a concept. And this kind of gives a nice framework as does other sure. like like I said I love talking about the chakras cuz I think that brings uh, that's a framework that yeah. I use too but this is just another version of like understanding these colors and how we grow and develop I think the other thing is is as we get as we go on you'll see that it's very I think optimistic mm-hmm. I think it demonstrates that our growth is showing that we're starting to become more conscious of the world and each other, and we are going to start taking care of each other in a new way. Like the question that people always pose to us and anybody else who talks about these things is, is the world getting worse? Are things getting worse? And from what we witnessed last week and are still going through right now, um, it sure looks like it. Yeah. It sure looks like things are breaking down, but but this is the kind of framework that gives you an idea that we're actually interestingly progressing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean we don't have pain along the process, and it doesn't mean that we don't, you know, you know, one step forward, two steps back, for sure. But it gives me perspective, it, the bigger perspective, and that's what I've always loved. You know, going back to Rob Bell, is he's all his. Teaching, you know, has always been about this larger perspective. Like one of the times, you know, one of his speaking events that we uh, went to, he talked about kind of how spirituality developed Mm -hmm. and, you know, he starts with like the Big Bang. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like from the very beginning and where we are now. And so if we can take, as you and I talk about in the show all the time, an expanded view, you have a little more faith.
0: Well, and I will add to that. You just gave two bullet points of why this is interesting or important. And for me, what it helps me with is when I find myself judging others. Yeah. If I know these colors, it helps me be empathic. Mm-hmm. It helps me be a little bit not a little bit less judgmental. Doesn't mean all the judgment is gone, but a little bit less judgmental because like we'll talk about it, like, oh, well, they're they're in an unhealthy red or they're in a healthy blue or right. whatever. So it just gives me language to explain something that I had a hard time explaining before.
1: And the explanation, and I will reiterate this because we said this a few weeks ago, is not about labeling people. Mm-hmm. The explanation is about understanding people. It's not about pointing to your family members and saying you're you're blue, you're orange, you're green. That's cuz that's not for you to decide. It's about having an understanding of why people are at certain stages and why it's cuz Sometimes being at a certain stage works for that person, and that is where they find all the joy and belonging they need.
0: Well, and I will just add that this is kind of like with the Enneagram. So like I'm a three on the Enneagram, and sometimes sometimes people weaponize Enneagram numbers like, oh, he's such a two mm-hmm. or whatever. We are all... All All the numbers on the Enneagram. And we are all, all of these colors correct, in one way, shape or form. So there's not a better, worse, better than, worse than, I'm better than you. And if this at all becomes weaponized, then that's not the intent of this teaching.
1: And remember, it's about finding what is your center of gravity. Like we are all of them, but a lot of us live from a certain center of gravity. And I would say that the people who decided to storm the The Capitol, Capitol... Were living from an unhealthy blue that a red leader was feeding. yeah. They want to belong to something important, and they felt like they were being patriotic, but they had been given lies. Mm-hmm. They talk about law and order, but they weren't living law and order. Yeah. So it's like this, you know, I don't, I'm not ready to do a deep dive of all that yet because sure. I haven't processed sure. it. But it kind of gives that very surface layer of they want what everyone wants which is belonging and mission because another thing about we and blue is where you feel that you're a part of something bigger than you mm-hmm. that where you're in the when you're in the me stage it feels very isolated when you a big part of blue another aspect of blue is a sports team once you get on a team and you've got a position and you're important and people need you
0: all going you, towards the same goal the
1: same goal you feel worthy and you feel like you're important. It's the
0: same reason kids who've broken homes join gangs.
1: Correct. Yeah. There is, it's, it is no different. Like we all want to belong. So you can see if if a red leader is feeding that this is your patriotic duty. I mean, these sentences are verbatim. Yeah. This is your patriotic duty. Use your strength. Don't be weak. Show up, stand up. And then these people who believe they're a part of something important, listen. Mm-hmm. And that's why this, it's so scary. You know, because... Anyway, okay. So that's blue.
0: So that's so beige was primary uh-huh. reptilian brainstorm. Purple is mystery, uh-huh. superstition. Uh-huh. Red is help me out.
1: Red One is an emergence of strength. Okay. So somebody stepping forward in strength.
0: Blue is
1: um that is an emergence of we and having an understanding of community, the collective and a and a similar set of values and hope values, outcomes. principles, goals. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: What's after blue?
1: After blue is the... Okay, so basically what happens in blue is just to kind of stay with these these stories. We all... In blue, we all have these animating stories. You You know, my religion is the best or the only one. God loves me, nobody else. You know, my politics are the most important. And then what happens in orange, this is the next layer, is where we start to ask questions. Okay? So we start to question things like... And it may be forced on us. Like you and I talked about how, like maybe you've lived in a very, in a small town um, and you were raised on certain things and then you go away to a college and you meet people who aren't part of your story and they have a religion and they're lovely people too. And they have a different political affiliation and they're lovely people too. And all of a sudden your animating story falls apart. Mm-hmm. So Orange is about questions. It's about rational thinking. It's about, um, you know, Orange is also about science. Yeah. Where maybe when we were more purpley, we said things like, why did the volcano erupt? It erupted because God got mad and was, you know, trying to harm us or yeah. whatever. Orange is no, the plates underneath started to shift. Yeah. So orange is pragmatic, logical, logical, science. science-based. Whereas
0: purple was mystery, which is Correct. faith-based, Correct. orange is science.
1: Correct. Yeah, okay. And that there is, you know, orange, and and it's interesting, I, I wrote this down because I thought this is really good. Orange retrieves a little bit of red for stepping out and questioning. So do you see why red's not always inherently bad? Sure. Because sometimes you're, you belong to a group and you realize the group isn't working for you anymore. You're like, this isn't true. This, you know, like people who... Maybe we're following a red leader, and then they start to see some information or practice being put out in the world where they say, wait, this isn't working for me anymore. And they decide to resign or change their affiliation. They they need a little red to say, I'm done. Yeah they step out.
0: So for me, like socially, I think of, so I went to an all boys Jesuit high school on the Northwest side of Chicago. Uh I was surrounded by all boys Mm -hmm. who were Catholic, Mm -hmm. Jesuit, all looking to go to college, all, you know, kind of all on the same team. And then I went to Drake Mm -hmm. and I met people, not just all boys, all of a sudden there's girls at the school. Shocking. And there are different religions, different nationalities. Mm -hmm. And I had like... And a much more expansive view of it. So that's, mm-hmm. when I think of going from blue to orange, that's what I think about. Like my world kind of expanded.
1: Well, and, and that happens. You can see how these things happen continuously throughout life because me too, I grew up my, where I grew up, it's not really a small town anymore, but it was at the time. And then, or it felt that way. And then I went to college and I got expansive. And then I moved to Chicago and I got more expansive. Right. And then you become a parent and you become more expansive. Right.
0: Because yeah, my bubble at college was like, oh, wow, this is a whole new world. Right. And then I'm like, wow, we're really not that much different. And then I got to Chicago and lived in the real world. Right. And I'm like, wow, this is brand new. Right. And then I'm like, well, we're all in Chicago, so we're all the same. And then I go to Ireland to run a marathon. Right. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, so like there's all these different layers. You continue layers.
1: to evolve your orange. Your yeah. orange is like, you know, you basically you're questioning and then you get stabilized in your rationality. Yeah. You're like, at first you think a certain thing and then all of a sudden you realize it's why people say we should travel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Get more information, experience these things. You know, it's part of it is data and evidence driven. And part of it is just personal experience. You're just questioning what you've learned. So this is where No, going back to history, this is where um, democracy came from. Mm -hmm. Okay, because blue, excuse me, um, red and blue, even though blue is more we. It still may not be democratic. You still may be following a certain leader where everybody is kind of, they love the values and the animating story.
0: Royalty, the king, the next person in line is somebody who was born of this lineage.
1: And you'll say, why is this person a king? Well, because God said they should be. Mm. And there was a little bit of that with this president, if we remember. (laughs) Still you know, where people are like, God chose this person. So that gets a little in the way of a democracy. And a democracy is power to the people based on what makes sense, right? It's that simple. What makes sense? What is logical? I mean, you can use some of your purple and be like, oh, this is interesting, and there's some mystery, and where'd this person come from? And But there's also just a rationality to decision-making. Yeah,
0: like how are we going to... If if we all live in this country together, how are we going to make decisions? Well, instead of us promoting whoever happens to be born of this person... Correct. Let's all kind of decide together who we think is best. Correct. And let's vote for that person.
1: And so this was really born... So just kind of an interesting note on the historical implications of these, um, um, these colors is that, again... When we we as a, I don't want to say community, as a culture, we kind of not only individually move through these colors, but we culturally move through these colors. And and it takes 10% of the people to tip us to a new color. Mm. And 10% of the people tipped to orange in the 1700s.
0: Right. So So that
1: became democracy.
0: So they got on the boat from England saying this place sucks or let's go find a new place. And then when enough people said, well, I don't want to be ruled by King George. Correct. Let's do our own thing. That's when it went from blue to orange.
1: And that created huge ripple effects everywhere that the 10%, usually people in power, Mm -hmm. you know, the 10% are usually, they started moving toward what makes sense. And that's the constitution. Yeah. You know, that's our democracy as we know it today. So that's when it started. So it's kind of like orange cracks. <laughs> so the healthy version of orange are things like new breakthroughs. I mean the vaccine that we're all clamoring to get right now for COVID. This is very orange. This is based in Science. what can we do? Science, how do we get this done? Um, you know, this is very literal boots on the ground work. Yeah. Okay. That is you know, that's how we start new breakthroughs, pragmatism. So that's healthy orange. Unhealthy orange is being too data driven, where there's no listening to feelings,
0: yeah.
1: um, not being open to contributing aspects, and having only, it, you know, there's kind of like a shut downness
0: yeah. of orange. It's, it's a, a closed mindedness to it. Yes. Like, well, this is what the research says. So I'm not, it's, we, they talk about in Rob's podcast, uh, sabermetrics yes. with baseball. And, you know, back in the old days, baseball managers would just get hunches on where to place their players or who to bunt or whatever. Right. Now the computers have gotten a hold of it and, they're, and you can go to the pendulum can swing way too far where the only thing the manager is doing is looking at a computer output on what should happen and not looking at any other, other variables that the computer can't pick up on. What's the weather like today? How did Is the guy going through a bad time in his life so is he less likely to perform well in this moment? So you can, this pendulum can shift way too far from the gut feel over to the science based and the idea is to kind find Kind of like how
1: we view the economy, like it's some living breathing thing where we're like, the economy says this, the economy, and we're looking at numbers and we're forgetting about people. And, you know, one thing that falls under orange are things like Ted talks. Um, You know, there's, you know, a lot of people have given TED Talks, obviously, and I personally have always not struggled with TED Talks, per se, because I show them in my class all the time and I have a high regard for them. But when I've thought about doing it myself, I've been like, I have nothing to say because I don't have a very specific, this is the idea, this is the research. Yeah, It's way too, as we're going to get into green yeah. or yellow. You know, like I didn't, In and, and it's not, a, and, and here's the thing before we leave orange, is that... I, what I realized as we get into the next one, which is green, is that I hadn't embraced enough of my orange. Mm. I had left a lot of my orange behind. So we'll get into that in a second, but let's move into green. Okay. So green is postmodern. You know, it's, we're moving into from these are, you know, are
0: we still in the we in green? We're
1: just about to move into everybody. Okay. Okay. So where me is the beige and the purple and the red, we is the blue and the orange. Postmodern, or what we'll call everybody, is starts with green, okay? Green is difference, diversity, everybody's stories, and sensitivity to everybody's stories. Mm-hmm. So we're taking our orange and all this data that we're given about there's a lot of things to question, and we start to recognize how many stories are out there and potentially what we've been missing. Yeah. Do you know when the tipping point was for this, for a green?
0: The 60s. Yes.
1: Yeah. 10% of the population, and again, in our country. Yeah. It's different in every, you know, every culture has a different timing. But in our country, the tipping point was the 60s. And, you know, you think about that, feminism, Mm -hmm. civil rights, Mm -hmm. anti-war, talking about the earth, talking about animals, like everything became about all these different stories. So the blue is my story and the orange is, huh, are there other stories? And green is, we better pay attention to mm-hmm. these other stories. Yeah. Okay. So green is an explosion of awareness and also an explosion of feeling.
0: Well, and I know you're about to get into this, but I'm like, well, oh, green, sign me up. Okay. I want that. How can green turn bad?
1: Well, green is also how we've come to the place of fake news. So what I mean by that is that when everybody has a story and all the stories are relevant and important and valuable, we lose track of what truth is. Mm -hmm. We start to see everybody's perspective as the ultimate truth. And especially if we've come through all of these stages, we look at anything that's absolute, like something we learned in blue, Mm -hmm. we look at that with discomfort. Like if somebody says, well, this is the final answer or science says this is the final answer. When we start to move into green, we're like, well, well, is it, is it the final answer? Is it, couldn't we look at it through this lens and this lens? And now, This is where it becomes so paradoxical because that's really good to look at it through all these lenses and to look at everybody's stories and give them the the weight they deserve. But we start to get lost in having, you know, the truth is some things are better than other things and some views are better than other views. Like not hurting somebody is a better view than hurting somebody, right? Like we can have some of our orange and some of our blue stay intact where we have some clarity of value, even within the sensitivity of green. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And do you want to speak to the cancel culture idea?
1: Similar to the fake news idea is that now here's what's so interesting is that this, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we'll talk about it now under the lens of green is that. Green basically is saying there is no hierarchy, right? Everybody's story matters, which is beautiful. Everybody's story is important. I see all sides, which is beautiful. There's a lot of gray. Um, But there is... That in itself... In itself is a decision that there...
0: The fact that there is no hierarchy is is a a way that you think that the world ought to be. Correct. And nobody else's version counts.
1: So you're basically saying to people like cancel culture in its negative way. Like yeah. and I want to talk about this because I saw some thought leaders this weekend talking about cancel culture in terms of healthy and non-healthy. I am for removing somebody who would incite violence off of a platform that they can use to they can use to incite violence. Sure. That makes sense to me. So I don't look at that and say cancel culture, freedom of speech issue. That makes sense to me. Again, I'm using my orange pragmatic, you know, hat here. Yeah. But cancel culture, where we say this person said the wrong thing, and they've apologized for it, but screw them. Let's get them. You know, remove them. Remove them. Let's I'm. judge
0: them. Correct. Label them. Get eliminate them from anything.
1: Right. There are levels of healthy and unhealthy cancel culture. Sure. But so we can't throw cancel culture out there and say cancel culture is all bad sure. because there are reasons for it. But it's when we use it to that unhealthy advantage. Okay, so. Did I answer your question? The yeah. fact that green has a hierarchy of its own, yep. but it says there's no hierarchy. Yeah. So it's a little paradoxical, or should we say hypocritical? Yes.
0: Um, so yeah, we're 54 minutes in, okay. so I think so we're doing well. so we can finish well. up here.
1: Yep. So here's the thing. Um, so this green, uh, you know, the healthy green is seeing all the sides, being open to everybody's story having the sensitivity not only to hear it but to care mm-hmm. and to do something the unhealthy green are unfortunately people i know friends you know people that we see online or former teachers who take this green and have no perspective they have no sense of right and wrong they're just like it's it's all perfect mm. and it'll all work out and You know, it's as it should be, and there is no sense of, no, we need to do something. Or they get so wrapped up in the green of all of these, the open-mindedness that comes from green can take you down a rabbit hole of conspiracy. Mm. And then you start to get really purpley where you start to believe Q, or you start to say a lot of green people have gotten caught up in conspiracy Mm. because they're so wide open to other perspectives and things they may have never thought about before. Like, for example, like, you know, we used to kind of only think if you're sick, you take medicine, right? A more green perspective is I can also do talk therapy if I don't, if I'm not feeling good. I can also use essential oils. I can also use, you know, praying. There's been research around if you pray that you can, and you start to see all these perspective and it expands your view, but then that can take you into some, Crazy rabbit holes. Yeah. So you have to keep your orange intact. Yeah. You have to keep that rational, pragmatic sense of self intact so you don't get pulled down conspiracy rabbit holes. You can stay open and green and uh, and you're listening, but you've got to keep that rationality in there.
0: Well, and I would even say like you need to get, you know, if somebody's trying to convince me that this whatever, some of the conspiracy theories that I don't identify with and I, if I'm so open to absorbing whatever anybody has I forget my red It's there's a time when my red which is my warrior my stoic or my strength saying like, no I'm drawing the line Correct. here I don't believe what you're saying you have a viewpoint it's not what I'm signing up for thank you, but no thank you.
1: Correct. And then you've also forgot your blue, which is the community and the values and the discipline. And where red is very impulsive, blue is very disciplined. Blue is like, no, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. See, this is why there's beauty in all the colors. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can point, Todd and I are pointing out the negative and why we grow through, but you've got to incorporate again, I'll say this again, transcend and include Mm -hmm. the good parts of these experiences. So
0: move from this color to that color and include all the good stuff from the Last one you just w- had.
1: You got it, and and I'm talking from personal experience in green because what I was telling Trace and Rob um, when you know we were emailing about it is that I realize that I really parented from a green place. What does that mean? it means that i was very open to everybody's story and i was pointing things out to my girls that were very open and being sensitive about this and this and this and and i don't regret that i mean i i kind of i feel like that was who i you was yeah. and and still am in many ways but what i learned along the way i'll just talk about the last 10 years of zen parenting is that i was very green when we began zen parenting and i was very um I had a lot of purple. <laughs> I had a lot, you know, which I still do. But there was a lot of that in me. And once my dad got really sick, once I got the flu, and I got really sick, once I went through more grieving and experience of loss, and and being a parent to growing girls, my orange got reignited. Yeah. Where I started to not just go with what feels right, which is important. Feels right is important, but also what's the data?
0: Yeah. Well, that's when we were. Thinking about vaccinating our kids, and the Jenny McCarthy thing was coming around. Correct. Where we were like questioning, well, maybe Jenny knows what she's talking about, and then we. And, well, and, it
1: wasn't and, Jenny. It was the research that she was bringing. She, yeah, yeah, it
0: was. It was the. It was. It was, what was, was in the news. Yeah, it was debunked. And uh, you know, we struggled, and we ended up. Still vaccinating our kids, but we did it on a different schedule. But we had to find that balance that worked with us, correct? Because it very it could have gone sideways either way.
1: Well, that's a perfect example. Like I, I don't necessarily know that we did the vaccine thing perfectly, but. We, I had a lot of green and I was listening to a lot of perspectives, but I also, as far as the vaccines went, I took the data Mm. and knew that I wanted to vaccinate my kids, but maybe I wouldn't give them five vaccines in one day. Like the, you know, the doctor would always say, well, if you don't do them now, you got to bring them back. And I'm like, that's fine. Mm. I'm willing to do that. So we'll do three today and two next week. Like that is kind of using a lot of the information and, and being pragmatic in kind of a greeny orangey way, yeah. right? So there are you can see how this can everything can work for you if you're utilizing what you've learned in each stage. Yes. And you can also think about vaccines in terms of in terms of blue, like this is about my community, this is about my people, this is about the school, and it's in the best interest of the community that we all do this. Yeah. And this is true with the vaccines that we have now for COVID. I I haven't met anybody who is not going to take it. Have you? Sure. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh, you know what? We have. (laughs) What am I talking about? We have. Okay. So what I will say uh, to finish up green is that I was having a conversation with a girlfriend this weekend about these very things that we're talking about here. And she and I got into how there is so much gray, you know, which is, can be very green or it can be a confusion of blue or red or blue or orange. You know, it just depends on where it doesn't really matter what you call it, but that there is a lot of gray, but One of the things that I pulled out, you know, just kind of whipped out because I think it's one of my greatest teachings is the um, Ellie Wiesel quote from Knight about, you know, he was a Holocaust survivor. And one of his most famous quotes is that we must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. And why that quote is important within the Green framework is that we can see all the sides. I can look at our current president and say he, as a young boy, was tormented himself. And yeah. he was abused definitely emotionally Um, And maybe in other ways, too. And that's why he's doing what he's doing now. But I'll tell you something. I'm still taking sides. I see the gray, but I know that I am not aligning myself with this person. I'm very clear about where, who I am and what's most important and what my value system is that I learned in my blue. Yeah. Okay. So we can't, the green that is also unhealthy is the inability to make a decision, you know, the The person who just sees so many sides and feels so much that they're can't they're actually like they're frozen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know they're com- they can't make a decision. Right. and you and we can make decisions. We can utilize, like Todd said, your red, some of your blue, and some of your orange, and bring it into your green sensitivity and make a decision.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. So the last one? Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: So those colors, beige, purple, red, blue, orange and green are what's considered first tier consciousness. Okay. I'm talking about spiral dynamics again, okay? So basically what that means is that these are stages of development that interestingly enough there's a lot of conflict between. Sure. Like it's hard to move from one to the other. It's hard to respect the others. Like one thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was that people look forward to the new growth stages like someone who's blue hears something like love always wins and it terrifies them. Right. Like okay, that's not good enough. I need to know my animating story and love doesn't, you know, that doesn't work. But then those of us maybe who find ourselves in green may look back at our blue time with disdain. We may say, "Well, now I'm spiritual and I can't stand people who are religious." Like we we actually didn't transcend and include we're looking back with disdain and that's not healthy right. you know we we the best thing we can do is move into what's called second tier consciousness into the last right. color we're going to discuss which is yellow yellow is considered second tier consciousness because it's our ability to integrate all those colors in first tier consciousness makes sense it does so basically, there's no more conflict because we see all of the stages in ourselves. We no longer look at blue people and say, oh, they're horrible people. We see the blue in ourselves and the orange and the red and the green. And we meet people in love where they are, meaning we meet them with love. Like we, we, when someone is at a certain stage, we don't hate them. We understand it. We get it. It doesn't mean we have to agree and go along, but we understand it.
0: I just wonder how many, yeah, yellow is kind of, it's, I guess, a goal for lack of a better term. integration. Yeah. And I just wonder how many of us, we probably all have a little, do we have yellow in us?
1: Sure, sure. Oh, of course. Todd, this whole show is about yellow.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: I'm not saying you and I are perfect at practicing it. Yeah. But the whole idea of self-awareness and consciousness is seeing all of our pieces, claiming them, even the painful ones, even the trauma, integrating it, finding wisdom in it, and moving forward. That's the goal. That's the hope. And the, the goal of yellow is you reclaim all of your pieces. You transcend and include And then you find yourself in wisdom and health. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think all the therapeutic process is about. That's why people are using, you know, um, LSD now in, um, you know, their, what am I trying to say? The therapy. Sure. You know, to pseudocybin. Is that what it's called? Psilocybin. Psilocybin is because they're trying to open up those spaces in their brain to, like, you know, integrate all these pieces.
0: Well, what's interesting about that is, like, obviously that could be that could be helpful. Yes. You know, when I first heard Brene Brown talk about the potential good things that can come from some of these hallucinogenics, yeah. I was like, wow, because I, I I disregarded all of it up until then. But when for some reason I hold Brene in this high regard and I respect her and trust her more than I do most of the thought leaders that I pay attention mm-hmm. to. And then she she's, she's like, yeah, we probably need to look at this because there is some true... benefit as Mm -hmm. a result of it and you know i'm not prepared to even consider doing that right now but it's an interesting idea to me while at the same time even that has a balance like all of a sudden like oh i'm gonna go i don't want to deal with my problems, so i'm gonna go trip on lsd for a day
1: well and i and i appreciate you saying that but that's not what
0: researchers are saying no i understand that i understand but people can take that information and and do research Harmful things to themselves as with that information. Correct.
1: If they are not using the data as it's presented. Correct. So, what you are describing right there is you've been very blue when it comes to drug use.
0: Yeah, right and wrong.
1: Your dad was a cop. He scared the crap out of you about yep. drugs, told you that mothers put their babies in ovens. Yeah. It scared you. So, to your blue value system, is drugs are bad. Yeah. When research and experiences with other people or your reading or your thought leaders start to give you new information, it's pushing, pushing you into the orange yeah. where you're questioning it. You're like, now, wait a second. Mm-hmm. It can be bad, yeah. and, and that's all true, but you're starting to get a little more orange.
0: Well, and that's what's interesting. Like in that aspect, you're absolutely, I am more you're in blue. the orange. Well, I'm blue. You're moving, in the orange. Yeah, I'm right? moving to you're the right. orange. Whereas a completely different framework or something different, I could be in the red. You know, depending on the topic. Of course. So I think it's interesting. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just yellow or I'm just blue no. or I'm just green. It's like, oh, with drugs, yeah, I moved from this to that. Oh, with parenting, I'm from there to there. Correct. Or from, you know, work and pr- productivity, I'm over here. Do you
1: know how much purple I have in me? Yeah. Like, there, are, you guys, I, I talk to angels, I write, you know, I, the amount of things during the day of like people were in my mind, I've got so much purple, but I love the purple. Do you know what the purple does for me? It soothes me. Mm -hmm. It it's not. And I, and I'm very rational with it. I don't, I, it helps me with decision-making, but it doesn't, it's not my only aspect of decision making. I got a lot of green. I got a lot of blue. I got a lot of orange, but there's a lot of purple in me. And I, and that's kind of how do we, I think the goal of yellow is do you respect all those aspects of yourself? And can you, yellow is so expansive because can you see when one or the other gets out of balance? Can you see, can you continue to allow things to move just like with chakras through each level where you're like, okay, right now I feel this way, but I'm starting to question. I'm starting to get more orange. And then green is where you're like, let everybody live. Like orange to me is when people start to, let's talk about the LGBTQ community. Like blue was no, right? Orange was starting to question, you know, the... I know people who are gay or I want people to all have the same happiness or all these things I have been told, you know, conversion therapy, all this crap, all made up, not true. This is the way people are born. This is, you know, that kind of thing. Green is let people be happy. Mm -hmm. Let them, you know, it's like this, we're no longer just looking at the data to point to why. Sure. We're saying, I love people and I want people to find love and I want them to love themselves. And so, and then yellow is all of that, you know, respecting maybe why 20 years ago you didn't believe a certain way, but instead of throwing yourself under the bus, you realize how you progressed. Yep. So I just, I think it's very, um, so anyway, so honor your stages. Um, and one more thing, because sure. this is super interesting. You'll like this. Interestingly, because this is second tier mm-hmm. of, you know, because the first tier is the colors we just went through. Yellow is the beginning of the second tier, and it's once again survival. So beige, as being the first one, is mainly concerned with individual survival. Mm. Yellow is concerned with the survival of life as a whole on a planetary and cosmic level. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? It is. So can you see why I'm optimistic about people?
0: Yeah, and I think you can... I mean, there's so much data to back up how the world is a safer, better place now than it was 50 years ago, 500 years ago. Based upon the amount of people that are starving and, you know, there's, there's so the the amount of people that are dying from war. I mean, there is so much evidence to back up this proclamation that we are evolving in a more conscious way.
1: But it sounds so paradoxical because we're in the middle of a not paradoxical, what word? ironic because we're in the middle of a pandemic. People are dying every day. Well, and
0: that's like saying, well, if there, I know global warming is no longer the right term. It's, um, climate change, Mm -hmm. but somebody's like who denies global warming and it's really cold that day. Like, well, it it can't be getting warmer because it's minus 20 degrees in Chicago. Like
1: bring a snowball on the Senate floor. Yeah.
0: You're, (laughs) you're looking at one narrow moment in time. So for the pandemic, although it's horrifying, it's such a small moment of time in our history. In the
1: expansiveness of, yes, yes it's yeah. kind of like looking back on something and being like, oh yeah, in the war, this many people died. Well, when people were living through it, it was awful. Yeah. And there were so many aspects of it that were awful, but in the expansive view of time. So we are progressing towards second tier awareness, yeah. which is taking care of the planet and each other on a cosmic level. So those are the colors, my love.
0: Um. One thing, I just want to invite any guys out there or any women that know any guys to check out menliving.org. It's an opportunity to connect with other guys authentically to become the best father, husband, brother, son they can be. Connect deeply, live fully, menliving.org. And to take us home, I'm going to play this song, my darling.
1: And before you do that, just a reminder, everybody, we said it a few times, but if this was interesting to you, Um, first of all, writers, check out Ken Wilber's books, uh, Ken Wilber, W-I-L-B-U-R. Also, go um, listen to Rob Bell's podcast titled Me, We, and Everybody, Part 1, 2, 3, and 4. And
0: I'll put that in the show notes.
1: And he and his son talk about this and go much deeper. Yes. So if you liked it, that's, an, that's your next stop.
0: Do you know why I'm playing this?
1: Because it's yellow. That's right. No, yeah,
0: but he's not going to say yellow.
1: Get there. Oh, you're right. I'm just going through the rest.
0: It takes a while. Well, while he's getting to that, I'll say uh, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty, uh-huh. and he's our partner. Uh-huh. Go to 630-956-1800, avidcode.net. Thank you, Jeremy. You would have to start from the very beginning. You think so? Yeah. Why?
1: Because I don't, I don't think he says it very soon. And then you're going to play more than 30
0: seconds. Here you are. And that's against the rules. Here it is.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us.
0: The best part of what we do is getting to spend time with our listeners and an awesome community of parents who have come together over at Team Zen. Team Zen is a great opportunity to connect as much as you want with a group of like-minded parents, and you'll even get exclusive content from Kathy and me. Find out more about Team Zen on our site, zenparentingradio.com.
1: We know your inbox needs more hopeful and helpful info, so sign up for the Zen Parenting Moment. Two times a week, you'll receive a quick read that will boost your day and improve your outlook. Sign up at ZenParentingRadio.com.
0: While men and women, moms and dads, parents and non-parents are all welcome here at ZPR, we know most of our followers are female and moms. So today we're shouting out an opportunity that's just for the guys. Men Living creates opportunities for men to gather together to give and get support and build friendship. I'm one of the founders of the group, and you'll find me every week helping facilitate our virtual meeting on Wednesday nights at 730. Interested or want to share the details with someone you love? You can find the Zoom link at menliving.org.
1: Ready for a Gen X view of personal growth? Join us for Pop Culturing, our podcast filled with humor, fun, and a characteristic emphasis on self-awareness as we explore movies, TV, and pop culture.
0: And don't forget, I coach guys. So if you're interested, head on over to ToddAdamsCoaching.com and schedule a one-on-one session. First session is free. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.